Everyone's doing it. Everyone's saying it. So what the heck? So are we. We're going to say the same thing. And everyone says, so what was the key to your success? You know, just putting in work. How'd you get this done? You know, you look back at it. We're just putting in work. Just put in work. Just put in work. Welcome to the 452nd episode of Three Guys Before the uh, Game. You know what we're going to do, Senator? Put in work. We're going to put in work. That's what we're going to do. Putting in work. Episode 452, also known as We Didn't Know What Else to Title the Show. Fair. (laughs) (laughs) Fair, right? People know we're transparent on this show. Just let it go. Let it rip, baby. Let's do it. Three guys before the game. We're going to jump all over the place. A lot of stuff going on over the weekend. Three guys brought to us by the Burdett Camping Center, the only warranty forever RV dealer in all of West Virginia. Their website is burdettcamping.com. When you get on there, you can take a look at the Forest River Rockwood Ultralight Fifth Wheel. That's the 240, that's the 2445 WS. Yeah, the WS. Right now, $10,000 off. Do not adjust your headphones, your earbuds. Or whatever it is that you're listening in on. The Forest River Rockwood Ultralight 5th Wheel 2445 WS is now available at Burdett Camping as a three-guy special for $10,000 off. Whoo! you're in the market for a travel trailer 5th Wheel, check them out at BurdettCamping.com. Three guys also brought to us by the folks that have been doing it for 25 years, keeping West Virginia's business data safe, secure, and efficient for 25 years. It's Comax Business Systems. Three guys also brought to us by Lou Wendell Marine Sales, located in St. Albans. What do they do? They bring the fun. They sell family fun. The premier pontoon boat dealer in the state of West Virginia. Check out their stuff. they got a nice website, by the way. LouWendellMarineSales.com. You know, some websites are static. You know, just like a still imager. Go to Lou Wendell. looks like they... Got a little, uh, little drone over the top on the water. The boat's going. Gives you that. Well, they sell fun. Gives you that fun feel. Premier dealer. Lou Wendell Marine Sales. And Three Guys is also brought to us by our good friends at GoMart, where they got some stuff going on. Uh, I mean, they got all the kinds of stuff going on. They got the Reese's deal going on, 200-pound Reese cup for in an Easter egg form and all that kind of stuff, give or take a pound. But also... Um, to be quite honest, I didn't do this until I just, before we started rolling, they've created a very special website. Okay. Explain. It, I'm just going to send you this website and you'll get a chuckle out of it when you get there. The URL is gomart.com. Like everyone knows that, right? Gomart.com. Yeah. Slash. Sure. Remember like back in the days of the old internet? Like when it just started, you'd go forward or backward slash, right? You don't need to do that anymore? People don't, you don't even need to go, well, I, I mean. I'm not was, trying to know the difference. You always go, you go backward when you're adding on to a URL, but it's also, I just thought of What's this. What's backwards when it's higher on the right side? Goes high to low or low to high, left to right? Low, low, if you're looking at it. Yeah. A low is left. Left, yeah. High is right. So it's, it's gomart.com slash your in the know y-o-u-r-e in the know gomart.com slash you're in the know 
That's what it is. You don't put, you don't even have to put, you don't, boy, I'm making this harder. Don't worry about the apostrophe on the, uh, after the U for you are just Y O U R E in the no K N O W. What do you, okay, what was that right there? What did you just pull? What are you pulling right there? Let you me, always bust it. Well, now let me see. Now let me see. Now wait, where'd you come with that thing from? Now let me see that thing. Where'd you, oh, you were playing yeah. a little. Let me see that. Just had a little coffee. Need a little hit. Now where did that come from? It's this this mug. Three guys before that's nice, isn't it? So logo goes all the way across. So you were hiding that. You came in. You playing games. You came in with your. Uh, uh, what the heck is it? The your uh, yeah, what's that brand on that thing? Yeti. You came in with a Yeti, and then you went double secret on, I and mean, you brought that from the bottom. Well, we just got these in. Well, we we just got this in. We're sampling. Pretty nice. We're sampling, and that's thin, that's insulated. Yeah, still warm. Well, I've been in so. here a while now. Still warm. So I just need a quick head of coffee. We're supposed to broadcast that. But thank you. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Guy pulls out an insulated. Anyone should have the coffee guy at Thermos. It should be me. I'm the one that started the coffee. Well, I know you started it. Now I'm doing it. Need a little coffee during the show. All right, here we go. Uh, smorgasbord of a program because we're in that period of time where spring football's on, Mountaineer baseballers are baseballing. We have the coaching search going on at WVU. We know now that Kim Stevens will not be the next coach of the Mountaineer women's basketball team announced today that she is the new head coach at Marshall University, which opens up a whole bunch of stuff now. Whole bunch of now you now is we're gonna play now we're gonna start playing dominoes, right? Let's start to play dominoes. Okay, go ahead. Well, there's gonna be a women's basketball coaching vacancy at Glenville. Mm-hmm. That job's open, right? Mm-hmm. Who recently said they want to get back into coaching? Former head coach of the Mountaineers. Mike Carey. Mm-hmm. Is that something he'd be interested in? That's a good question. I mean, he has experience at that level, albeit 20-some years ago, right? When he right. came over from Salem. It was on right. the men's side. Guy won a lot of games here. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised if they didn't have conversations there. Yeah. That'd be a- I mean, if Mike wants back into coaching, that's a pretty good spot to be. Great facility. He's a proven Great commitment. Win. He's a proven winner. Program seems to be doing okay. Yeah, they've had decent success here. <laughs> All right, good shape. Program seems to be doing okay. Yeah, yeah that might. that's an interesting one. Yeah, if, if he'd be interested in that, if they'd be interested in him. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's one aspect of it. Also, staying on MEC, might as well. How about that little deal on Saturday? Yeah, like one way or another, there was going to be a West Virginia connection. And Jim Crutchfield's team wins the Division II championship over West Liberty. And, wow, was that, was that physical? As physical as I've seen a game in any division this season. Got a little bit outside the lines. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, I mean, but. Yeah, that happens. Not in title games. Yeah, yeah, it does. In a title game? That level, listen, Division Two. I mean, it's a, that's a physical level. I'm not, yeah, it is. And so when you have two teams that are aggressive and going at it with all on the line, you're going to have some, you're going to have some back and forth. Here's <laughs> what it is, man. How many, uh, how many technicals? I don't remember. A couple. 
Maybe more. Uh, maybe. It got hot. National titles on the line. I understand what's on the line. Just saying. It's a physical, it's a physical division, physical league. Title on the line. Guys going at it. Yeah. This is what it is. It's amazing to win a national championship, but it's amazing times ten to go undefeated. Who goes undefeated? Incredible. Who goes undefeated anymore? That was that was two really good teams, and and we had talked all week on Sportsline leading into that. Just the the mirror image nature of them. Now there were some there were some differences if you watched it. Nova had some size, right, with R.J. Sunahara who was outstanding, and their other big guy, six nine guy inside. So they had more size than West Lib. West Lib wanted to shoot some more threes than what Nova did. Just came up a couple short on the West Lib side. I thought that Nova team was was. I think West Liberty is outstanding. That shows you how good Nova was to be able to win that game, be in control of it most of the game, and to go undefeated. Yeah, Mountaineer football making news. Our buddy, Rashid Marshall, introduced today as now a member of the support staff for Mountaineer football. You may remember the name Usman Kamara, who was a former player here, and then he took over uh, a staff role – I'm going to jack this thing up. You have any chance? Director of Player Relations. Is that all it is? Potential. I don't know if that's the exact title, but it's something like that. about three or four more things. Kind of like that GoMart URL, like slash, put like six more things next to it. Anyway, Usman left, went to Oregon. West Virginia connection, right? Rob Mullins there, Morgantown name. So it's always a West Virginia connection. So that job was open, and Rashid is going to take that position. Yeah, awesome. And he is thrilled. I had a good chance to talk with him at practice on Saturday, and he's extremely excited. Uh, you, if you've been following him, he got really heavily involved and got successful in the training side of business and had a ton of clients. And little modeling, right? Done some feature model for mm-hmm. I mean, feature model for Dick's. I know he's a lot, was of, one. A lot of Dick's, a lot of Dick's sporting mm-hmm. good stuff. But anyway, so he said, you know, I'm at this point where I want to, in many ways, get with these guys, young guys, kind of because I look at them like that was when I was here. That you're in a state of development and growth and you need some guidance along the way anything i said i think i can help really help these guys and so he's in i think it's a great hire on both fronts i think it's great for wvu to get a guy of his caliber not just playing caliber but personality wise back in this program if someone that can interact on a daily basis with players for everything you just said right there but you talk about a guy that understands how to do it at the highest level that understands how to put in the work Right, I think that's important too. Mm-hmm. Understands how to take hard coaching. Mm-hmm. Right, it, it, has he been coached hard before? Yeah, been I screamed think, at a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I think that might. Knows be how it. to handle the the yeah. whole thing. So you talk about a guy that understands the program in totality. You bring him back, and and I just think it's important. We said this about Blaine. I, I think it's great to get some of these guys with with connections from the past back involved in this program. It can't always be right. about what's new and moving forward. You've got to have some link back to when you were really good and successful. Rashid brings that for obvious reasons. And then I think on the other side, I think it's great for him. I think that's that's going to be right up in his wheelhouse and yep. his alley. He has a lot to contribute from that standpoint and just a great dude. I think he's nothing but a positive to add into that program. Yeah, totally agree with you. Speaking of uh, old guys, so I show up there at practice 
on Saturday morning. And they're three old guys. They started in the indoor building, then they went to the outside. And three old guys, yeah, I don't know. I just walked in, I saw someone that I knew and started chatting them up. And then I looked over and I saw, I thought it was just three old guys. You know, like three old guys, they just show up for practice, especially spring. Spring ball draws more, <laughs> more people that are just like, you know, like they just, they just like, they just like, your, like that coffee thing that you did. Like it wasn't here and then it was just like here. So, you, yeah, so you kind of walk around. People are always kind of like nestled into the wall and you just, you got to go. So, so I look over, I gave him a quick take. I'm talking to whoever I was talking to. And then I look back and it's, uh, it's John Ray, Rich Braham, and Mark Ulmer. And Mark was, uh, Mark was a great long snapper, special teams long snapper. And so I went over talk with those guys. So those guys represent what you just said. Mm -hmm. Those are the guys that, you know, were pre-NIL, were pre-transfer portal, and they look at it, you know, differently. And obviously, John's got a son, Dylan, who's on the team. Right. And Rich, uh -huh. his son, is going to be a Noah. true freshman yeah. this coming season. And he's playing baseball, by the way. Playing baseball, by the way. Uh, Texas Rangers gave him a little look the other day, but he's not doing baseball. Good athlete. Yeah. yeah not not going to do baseball. But anyway, so you have him and Mark's daughter goes to school here. So just, just the stories. And, oh, but again, also important. Yes. I think the more those guys are around, Rich Bram and John Ray tough, they handle stuff. Well, here's the deal. So Mark Almer, who lives up in Pittsburgh now, um, is like super high up at Sunbelt Rentals. You know, you uh -huh. like get yeah. a big crane. Yeah. Get a big excavator, a backhoe. And a big backloader. Big like. Yeah. So he does like pretty much the whole Northeast. Charges safety. Okay. So he goes all over the place. Very successful. And you know what he told me? He said, if it wasn't for Don Nealon, he said, I would be pumping gas for a living. And he said, I'm totally serious. Meaning what? De got his Neil degree got a hold or just of the stuff yeah, he learned Neil or both of those Neil things? Neilan got a hold of him, gave him an opportunity, stayed with his foot inside of his butt, and guided him, got him done, got him through school, boom, boom. Johnny Ray, right? Huge success in the business world. Rich Braham, did kind of okay. Yeah, he did all right. Did kind of okay, right? So... And I was talking to Rashid later on the sideline there when we went outside, and I said, dude, you have no idea that one conversation, like when Don Nealon had a conversation with Mark Ulmer once, it changed for him, turned him. Same thing with you. On this new gig, like you'll say something to somebody, and you might think it's just a comment in passing. Might just go, it might light the wick, turn the bulb on in them, and go like, you know what's right. And that's what oftentimes people will say that. You know, you told me, and you go, well, I don't remember saying that. How many times, and we're getting ready to enter our, our summer series of interviews, how many times has that come up on those interviews? It's almost every time where, where they're telling stories about that, and they'll say, you know, they pulled me aside once and yeah, said, exactly. right? Or in high school, I had a coach say yep. this to me, and, and that changed my path. That happens all the time in yep. those interviews. Yeah. You know who else was over there? Pack. <laughs> I saw some pictures. <laughs> See? I like him being around. So pack, it was a light rain. This is great. This is how you know you're uh, 
this is how you know like you're just like in a different different dude different league so it was raining lightly and pac-man jones was there and like he didn't want to get his head he didn't want to get his hair all wet sure. saying, right sure so i don't know where he got it or whatever it was but you know like those silk scarves that like like if you go back and you look at like 1972 highlights from the Pirates games, the ladies are in the stands and they call it a babushka. Okay. Right. And Taylor, if you want to do a Google search, look up. Bo- poor, I'm not gonna. If you look up, it's like a, it's a scarf and you. you it's like a wrap. You you put it over your head, kind of yeah. like a triangle, and then they tie it underneath their chin, so it will like protect their hair, so their hair doesn't get wet and stuff like that. Right. So like, I didn't. ID him instantly because he was coming around the corner and I see this, you know, guy coming at me. He's got a very colorful. I was going to say probably colorful, very, fashionable, quite, quite colorful, yeah, fashionable like scarf. Yeah, good. And I'm going like, Who, who's this? He gets a little bit close. I said, Pac-Man, what's up, man? He goes, what are you doing? I thought to myself, like a lot of like if someone else tried to pull that off, you know, there might be like, hey, what are you doing? Like everyone's like, that's cool. You know what I mean? He was there the whole practice? Oh, yeah. Yeah, And spoke to the team. Good. I love it. Spoke to the team afterward. I said, okay, let me ask you a question. One snap. Do you have one snap left in you? He said, no, I do not have one. I said, one. Oh, he's got a snap left in him. one snap with equipment. You know what he came back with? He goes, I got a punt return. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I got a punt return. Which that and kickoff. I've, I've said many times, as fun as he was to watch. There it is. Yeah. So that's basically, now that's not Pac-Man, but I mean, and his was not, he didn't have the full bib. Yeah. He, he didn't that's have extensive. the bib on there, um, but he had something similar uh, just you know, wrapped up there. Pack on punts was great. Pack on kickoffs might've been more of my favorite. You talk about straight line right into the teeth of it. Find a hole or seam. I'm gone. About Mach one and a half. <laughs> he did yeah. not care. Yeah, he did. It was fun to watch. Yeah. So okay. So what's the well, good? That's a lot of that's a lot of uh, star power there around the team. That's good. I like that. Stevie Dunlap was there. Called him out in front of the head coach. Head coach. We were coming off the end. Like Steve, stay. Okay. Hey, we're gonna go outside. So Dunlap starts walking toward me. Had a pullover on. Yeah. Yeah, had a pullover on. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, right? Steve's got a pullover. Syracuse University. No. Yeah. I said, what in the – what do you – Steve, I mean, if, you, if you're new to the thing, he used to coach there. He coached here 206 years. Then he was at Syracuse for a good number of years. I said, are you, are you serious? I said, you can't go see Dan Nealon and get you some WVU gear. Oh, Steve's got good gear. Where's it every Saturday on our broadcast? Yeah, well, what, he comes in he, with new stuff all the time. Out, uh, so I said to Neil, yeah. I, said, I said, Neil, huh? What are we doing? You know? Anyway. Neil going to the super secret closet and pull some stuff out? We were outside. Oh. But he, you know, I would imagine there's probably a care package heading yeah. over to Steve yeah. at this point. Steve, right? That might have been Dunlap playing chess. Everybody else playing checkers. He might have just want some new gear. He got good gear. Yeah. Okay, what else? It was parents weekend, so there were a lot of parents uh, taking a look at practice. It's too early to tell if you're asking, okay, what's going on? What's going on in the quarterback? What's going on in the quarterback? Right now, everyone, everything is pretty much Nico being- getting an invite to the Heisman <laughs> Awards yet? Not yet. No. Um, 
they're just throwing on air at this point. I think later this week might have a little might have a little Saturday uh, little Saturday come I did together. Have, I did talk to somebody following practice that said this. This is a good starting point. Devin Carter's a guy we're going to talk a lot about mm-hmm. the receiver transfer from North yes. Carolina State. I did have somebody tell me again. What are you in? Two practices in couple three way too early to proclaim an all big 12 all american type of season but did say when you just look out there that was a guy that looked the part like okay who's that guy Mm -hmm. if you don't know if you didn't have numbers on you're just wearing jerseys blank jerseys you look out and you say okay that guy might be pro who's that that guy that guy looks like he belongs he does that which is a good starting point for a guy that now you not only have to look like you belong he's got to produce for this team but that's a good start yes he doesn't walk away going uh, well, I don't know. He was that didn't quite look like I thought. Well, right. So good starting point. There. He's got the look. Made a couple of nice catches. Yeah. Made a couple. Because the, nice the more I the more I'm diving into this team, the more he rises up my individual rankings of most important players this fall. And I mean that setting aside. Here's what I'm doing when I do that. Because I know we'll get into Brown mention index starting. It's already accumulating. I do that when I put the put the offensive lineman aside. I'm not counting Milam, Frazier, or Nestor because I think we all know how important they are, but we've also seen those guys. So I'm going to assume they're all going to be very good, so I'm putting them aside. My list of next guys that have to be really good for this team to get some wins, Carter's way up on that list. 100%. And Ryzen. 100%. LSU tight end looks long. Friend of the program. Got you a little bit. Friend of the program. Sure he is. I wouldn't know why he wouldn't be. Got that long, got that long, got a chance look. Yeah. Got the long line. And then the running backs, you know, 700 of those guys. Yeah, feel good there. And I'm surprised C.J. Donaldson's getting as much as he is. You may remember Neil's first press conference. Yeah. Said, ah, well, again, but no, he's – no, but, there's some But thing. there's no hitting yet, right? No, they're, they're, yeah. they're, it's not even full they're thud. They're not even doing thud. Not even full thud, no. But enough to – he's running through the line. Yeah. I mean, he's run, I mean there's good. another – there's a defensive line there where he's got to stop and cut and get up. That's good. I yeah. can't imagine they let him get hit, get hit very often, no. though. That'll no. be the part where it starts to dial back. No. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So. Off and running. Here we go. Three Guys Before the Game is brought to us by Comax Business Systems. They have been doing it now for 25-plus years, based here in West Virginia, by West Virginians, and they literally have product across the state. There's so much more than just the copier guy. That's old school. Like it used to be like copier guy. They can handle all of your business data. In fact, they relish in taking care of your business data. IT security, more important than ever before they become your partner and allow you to do your thing with your business. Don't have to worry about data, documents, and drives. Some of their very first clients when they started two and a half decades ago are still clients today. If it's a phone system that you're ready for, whether it be one line to a thousand, they got you covered. Those phone lines and phone systems are competitively priced. Ask them in. They'll give you a free price quote. Check them out. Comaxwv.com. Baseballers over the weekend. Our boy, friend of the program, J.J. Weatherholt. <laughs> he went... Uh, he went ding dong late Saturday to give WV the way they went back to back. They went back to back with homers. Tight game became a, a, a wide margin, and West Virginia won Friday and Saturday. 
And then yesterday, they left 206 or 207 guys on base, Ish. give or take a guy, and just did not, were unable to get guys home. But they got guys on the bases, and they threw a couple of bad balls. They got converted into home runs, and Xavier won a game. So West Virginia wins two out of three. This week, Marshall in Morgantown on Tuesday, depending on when you're listening to this, 28 March, and then... Saturday, West Virginia, or Friday, I should say, West Virginia opens up weekend series play in the Big 12, and they've got Kansas State at Kansas State coming up this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and away we go. JJ's still blistering hot. Smoking it. Near 500. It was 474 heading into yesterday's game. Yeah. Also had a situation um, during a game yesterday ball gets hit out of the park takes the hard bounce on the sidewalk up and over mm-hmm. cars coming through yeah uh blue sedan got it on a bounce doesn't really i mean it's not big of a deal when it's about it scares the hell out of you if you're driving well yeah one your car either easy to say not a big deal one your car that got hit one of my uh two of my greatest baseball plays involved a car what yeah 10th grade um, let off an inning. You were playing? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, we talk a lot about your college baseball experts. Made the all-star team that year. <laughs> I haven't told you this? No. First baseman. Yeah. 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 Lead off an inning. Pop one off behind the backstop. Like that backstop. Behind the backstop into the parking lot. Station wagon. Of course. Belonged to our catcher's mom. Paneling? I believe it did. Yeah crystallized it mm-hmm. crystallized spider web the thing spider webbed it yep wow man third at bat same game fouled another one off picture of consistency same windshield wow straight through well at least he hit the same car twice didn't do damage to two different people did it so that was good straight through how about hitting the ball fair just put it in play and you got there so i'll give you my other baseball thing <laughs> So I make the all-star team that year. <laughs> Play the all-star game, night game. First time I ever played at night, right? First base. Throw comes over from third. Kind of got, got lost in the lights. <laughs> that thing came Where'd over. Where did it hit you? It didn't. It came over the head high and high, high and hard. I heard it go by. <laughs> but wait a second. There's more. Same game. I let off an inning. I made it out. May have grounded out. We bat around. I get up the second time in the same inning with two away. Made the third out. Made the first and third? That's a good one. That's hard to do. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, there's my baseball career. That was it? Yeah, was it was that your fun. final year? Did you play it all the way through high school? No, that was it. No, this was a travel team. <laughs> okay. Travel team? I didn't Back in the old days? Yeah. It was an all, I don't know what the heck it was. I don't know. It was a, it was a league. It was a league. So we're, we were, how about this one? You ever heard of this? We play in this little farm community, and it's at the time of the year where the clock hadn't changed. It gets dark quicker, yeah. right? So we're blowing this team up, up by like eight to ten. This is before ten run rule, right? We're like up eight, and our coach told us, "Go to the bat, make outs." Yeah, because you had to get the game in. Got to get the game. <laughs> they came back and beat us. <laughs> oh, that's some bad karma. Yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. So. 
Well, that's first. We hadn't heard about your baseball career. Fence, that was well, fencing exploits. We've heard about well, guess well what? documented fencing exploits. You'll, you'll never hear any more about my baseball career because that's the extent of it. Right there, it was fun. I truly enjoyed playing it. It was fun. It was really fun. All right, let's jump in here. Final four. Since the last time we chatted, both of the Big Twelve schools are out. Does that mean anything? We banged our chest all season that the Big 12 was without question the best league in the country. What are we to take away that the Big 12 is not represented in the upcoming Final Four? K-State, there for the taking, right? Texas, there for the taking. Then get her done. Takeaway? I don't take anything league-wise away. Okay. Is the Mountain West the best league? San Diego State's in. They're about 1-15 against the spread over their last 16 <laughs> games if it's not San Diego State. No, I don't take anything away from that. You're Listen, you're, you're a few seconds away from having two Final Four teams, and then everybody's telling you how great the Big 12 is. So I think the league was good like we thought it was. It was deep. It was very good. Almost had two teams that were able to make runs through there. I, I think I, I'm heck of impressed with the Connecticut team. They're just mauling people as they get through there. So that's one takeaway. Two, how did Texas lose that game? That's a, that's a loss. And listen, we've been there. And I've said many times, having exited at all levels of the tournament, having been to a Final Four, there's nothing like an, an Elite Eight loss. There, there, it, it leaves it, a scar on your soul. leaves a scar forever. Now, especially ours, when we went through that, because I'll speak for me personally. I wasn't sure we'd ever see a chance to get back in the Final Four as close as we were. If you've been to one before, that helps a little bit. But for that particular group of players that's playing that had never been to one and you lose in that game when you're so close and you can feel it. Yep. And and listen, getting to the Final Four, yes, you want to win a national championship, but getting to a Final Four is the big deal, yes. right? If you do that, you just, okay, there's a load off. Now you can go play and try and win the Natty. So losing at that level is is really tough to take. Texas losing it when they had a double-digit lead. Been, been there. Lose a double-digit lead, that is hard to swallow for that group. They were right there, man. Their lead, if I'm not mistaken, was later in the game than ours. Mm-hmm. When we lost to Louisville, at Albuquerque, that was early second half, up 18. If I'm not mistaken. These guys were up. And it was a game. Good chunk into the second half. It was a game where... Uh, I mean, I I didn't feel like Miami was winning that game until it got much later into that. You're just like, oh, okay, they made a nice little run. They, there was one time when Miami cut it to six, and and Texas immediately went on a six zero run to push it back to twelve, and we went, okay, there, see, they they got this great defensive game plan forcing Miami to come in and take twos, although they were great. It's just it, we've talked about it all season. Free throws got Texas put Miami on the line way too often, and Miami was outstanding in making those shots. Yeah. They, and I told you this earlier, Dylan DeSue was injured for Texas, did not play. And he just had some games late in the season that made me go like, whoa, you wouldn't expect that from him? It really hurt him, hurt them not being out there. Well, he was great in the tournament. Yes. Early tournament, he was fantastic, but they'd also won without him. I mean, I they'd just gone ahead, but plugged got, new guys in and kept going. Well, you're, you're running through raindrops and eventually it comes and you get wet. Despite the loss, Rodney Terry is the new head coach of the Texas Longhorns. They announced that. Um, 
I think there were did. reports out there that they were they were going to. Yeah, I think I think it is. I think it's Taylor will, Taylor running the studio and say we're wrong if by chance we are. But it looks like that's the lean as to where that thing's going. Which kind of like you were thinking, if they hadn't done it yet, they weren't going to do it, and now it looks like in fact they are going to do it. So um, we'll get that uh, we'll get that all figured out. Meanwhile. Um, we've got a final four that no one, no one thought would ever come together, right? You've got a final four of which one of the teams was in the preseason top 25 poll. And that team was San Diego state. One of those teams, just one. So it leads to a couple of questions. Just a year removed from having a bunch of blue bloods in the final four. Now we have teams that just by history and tradition, normally you wouldn't even think would be to a final four. Is this the beginning of seeing this develop more as a norm rather than an exception to the rule because the transfer portal allows you to have great flexibility in building up your roster? Don't know the answer to that. Uh, it's one of those things. I think that certainly plays a role because you have so many more guys jumping to different places, a lot of them in places you wouldn't think they would be or they wouldn't have chosen out of high school. I think you have some of the the upper echelon teams, so to speak, are guys that haven't played together. We saw that at West Virginia this year. So that, how quickly can guys gel is going to become a factor. I just think the overall parity and talent continues to level itself out. And I mean that by, you look, watch that Florida Atlantic team. That That's a good team, man. That's not some Cinderella that's breezing through here. That team won 30 games this year against what I get is not a Big 12 type of schedule. I get that. But you watch that team, that's a good basketball team. And I think there's more teams like that across the country that you get into what is the most random sporting event that goes on, right? This isn't, if, if this is a three-game series, you don't have these upsets. But in a one-game situation, playing with college-age kids, with all the stuff that's going on around them, then, then you get a compressed group with, with kids that aren't used to being in this pressure cooker necessarily. So I don't know if it happens every year. You're still going to have really good teams at the high level that are going to get through. But I, I mean, you gotta, you gotta look at this. This might not be a one-off. Mm-hmm. You know what it also does? It probably forever puts the water down on anyone that was, and this includes Hugs. Hugs was saying there should only be an NCAA tournament with the Power Five schools. Remember? Mm-hmm. Should only be the Power Five. The magic is Florida Atlantic's in. As much as. It's different, and as much maybe as CBS isn't thrilled by it that they're in, fan-wise, it's the story of sports. People like the underdog. A hundred percent agree, and you're going to see all these stories coming out over the next few days. Lowest rated Final Four in 50 years. Lowest rated, lowest rated. You know what I don't care about? Lowest rated. Don't care. Sorry, CBS. You got some make goods to your advertisers. Sorry. Guess what? You deal with it, TV. Guess what? You figure it. Don't care. 
I think you're exactly right. I think for fan bases all over the country, you should rejoice in this because it means that the thing's wide open. Got a chance. Which is what the tournament's about, which is what we've been saying about football for years and years and years. Now, it's much harder to have a, quote, Cinderella run through the football thing. The Cinderella was TCU coming out of a power five, right, as a champion. That's the Cinderella. I get that it's different levels, but more access, more unpredictability is what sports is built upon and especially in college that's what you're rooting for if you don't have a chance that changes the fundamental equation does it not yes so have a chance the ncaa basketball tournament represents that better than anything else we have in sports by the way you can't say no one knew this was coming you can't say no one you can say most didn't can't say no one what do you mean well i was a guy at DraftKings that knew it was coming what do you mean by that? Put 24 bucks down, won 25 grand. What did he bet? This final four. When did he put the bet down? Pre-tournament. Get out of here. After the, well, not pre-tournament, after the first weekend. He went in and put $24 down on this is your final four, 125K. Congratulations, Dan. Awesome. Awesome. You, uh, I know the Mountaineers are your main focus when it comes to numbers. You got any numbers on this final four that we need to know? Oh, I do. Thanks for asking. Oh, you do? I do. In that case, I get to use the song of the show. Ready? Spreads on stats. Spreads on stats. What do you got? So these aren't my normal matchup breakdown. We, we might do a little bit of that on Thursday or Thursday or Friday. We got to talk about when we're recording this. Week. Yeah, I'll be fine. Might do that later this week. Some of our matchups like we did for the Mountaineer games. This is not that. These are just a couple interesting notes that I saw some others put out that I thought would be good for the show. Jeff Borzello tweeted this. You were asking, is this a sign of the times? Right. Are we going to have more of these matchups now? Here's his sign of the times. This is the first final four without a single McDonald's All-American since the NCAA began seeding teams in 1979. Say that again. First time a Final Four has been played or will be played without a McDonald's All-American on any of the rosters since 1979. Is that a statement to basketball or is that a statement that Chick-fil-A is making major inroads? What do you what do you think? I mean, don't you think? I mean, that cow, that cow's probably had you know over time. That McDonald's All American thing probably isn't what it used to be. It used to mean more, right? Maybe that. I think more about the state of basketball. Pretty interesting. You know, I did a quick look at the four rosters of the Final Four teams because I wanted to see how many transfers they had on them, and I was surprised by my finding. Because there was some stuff that came out last night about NIL and how much Miami has in a payroll for its players. And while that somewhere the truth is somewhere in the middle of those numbers that are out there, these teams don't have like, if you think these teams are composed of eight to 10 transfers, that's not the case. Miami, it was three or four. It was three or four. It's not like. It's not seven or eights. It's more three fours, three four fives, three four fives than it is seven eight nines. Yeah, I thought ha- I thought it ended up a little more than half the players in the final four here were transfers. I got to go back and find that. Mm. I thought it was a little mm. bit more with one with only one freshman playing. I'll go back and find that. Uh, yeah, well, you know what? That'd be a great job for Taylor, right? 
for the next show, he can effort on that? I'll see if I can find it. <laughs> is that, wait, is that a no confidence no, vote? I'll see if I can find it because I saw something out there about it. I mean, Taylor's right. I mean, he keeps coming to me and saying, tell me what I need to do, right? Just tell me what I need to do. So we'll give him this project. This will be a good project for him. What do you think? I don't know why I got to be dismissive. Hey, you want another stat? Yeah. This is really, I probably should save this for Thursday, but I think it's appropriate now if you'd like to get out in front of some numbers. This from at Guppy Money on Twitter. What is that, like a pet store? Professional gambler. Oh, okay. Likes the numbers. Okay. Like he's is it been, whale guppy? Is that what it is it, off of the whale? He's been he's been on this and I didn't I couldn't bring myself to listen early enough. Got a little bit yesterday. But here's the here's his thing. Talking about San Diego State yeah. and their defense and their three point defense in particular. They've been elite at defending the three. Okay. After yesterday's win, San Diego State is now twenty two and zero versus teams with a three-point attempt rate in the top 50. So teams that like to fire threes, mm-hmm. which is a lot of college basketball, I realize. They're 22-0. and 22-0 and now. I'll go further. They're 68-5 and in the last four years with that same stat. That's so a, they guard the P out of the three. They make it difficult to shoot the three. Because there's a lot of people that think your three-point percentage is more based on you than it is your opponent. But you can do some things, right? Run them off the line, make them difficult, hand in the face, force them into two. San Diego State clearly does this. Now, okay, that's fine. Against the top 150, you say, well, how do they do against better teams than that? Guppy Money already has that answer for us. Against the top 50, they're 17-0 and 0 in the last four years. Hmm. They guard where, the three. Where do these teams that they might see this weekend figure in all this? Thank you for asking. Florida Atlantic and UConn are all or both in the top 65 when it comes to three-point attempt rate. So is so San Diego declaring- State a team that you might want to get a little piece of there? So you're declaring San Diego State the champion? They're nearly 4-1 to one on DraftKings right now. If you want a little piece of them as the champion, second-lowest odds, Connecticut's minus odds right now, which rightfully so. They've looked absolutely outstanding, just blistering people. But San Diego State. Florida Atlantic's run come to an end. They love to shoot that three. UConn does as well. So there's a little number for you on San Diego State's three-point defense when it comes to teams that in a three-point attempt rate percentage, if they're in the top 150, they're very good against you. If UConn wins, Danny Hurley becomes the third Connecticut coach to win a national championship. Mm -hmm. Pretty wild. Be Calhoun, Kevin Ollie, and Danny Hurley. That's that's pretty much and, a while. And they also become, they, they probably do anyway, just the fact they've got to a Final Four. They just become one of these really interesting case studies for getting left out in conference realignment, right? Mm-hmm. And, and playing in a league that they were walking into gyms looking around going, what? All due, all due respect to those other teams. They did not want to be in some of those gyms that they were playing in before. And then having the intestinal fortitude to say, yeah, we're still going to have Division One football, but you know what we're doing? We're pulling that plug. Figure it out. We'll go independent. We're going back to our roots. We're going back to the Big East. We're going back to basketball. And look what they've been able to do in turning this around. Pretty remarkable. Not just a, not just a basketball story, but pretty remarkable from an overall 
athletic department and what the landscape yes. of college sports looks like. I'm not sure there's many that have could could have pulled that off and could have done that. You talk about some moves that worked out right for them. Yeah, you're exactly right. Pretty astounding. I was I snickered when you said they looked around when they went to that new conference going like, what are we doing here? A few of those schools coming our way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Three of them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. UCF, Cincinnati, and uh, and Houston. I get them. I understand. I understand what they want. Yeah, you're right. They made that commitment. They said, no, we're going back to we're basketball. We're going back to, I mean, you talk about identities, and we usually refer to as teams, but identities as a as an athletic department. They just said, what what are we here? We've chased football for a long time and had some moments where it worked, but what are we? We're going to get back to playing Villanova. We yeah. want to play Providence, right? Yep. Even though Georgetown's all those. And now you look, I mean, heck, the Big East is positioned pretty well from a basketball league perspective. Think how they did this tournament. They really raised the profile Absolutely. as well. Now you're adding Rick Pitino in at St. John's. Yep. And Ed Cooley goes from a program in Providence that he brought back to Georgetown, one of the one of the mm-hmm. blue bloods in basketball that's been down for a long, long time. That Big East is going to be a beast. Yes, absolutely right. Absolutely right. Three Guys Before the Game is brought to us by Lou Wendell Marine Sales, largest pontoon boat dealer in the state of West Virginia, family owned for four decades. You say to yourself, why is that important? Because you don't last in business over a period of time if you're not successful at doing what it is that you do. And I'm going to tell you something. That's just, that's for people that aren't related. <laughs> that's for people that aren't related. You do it in the family business for over 40 years. Whoo, doggy. That's getting it done. If you're in the market for a pontoon, need information about pontoons, anything pontoon. Like they could change the name to Lou Wendell to pontoons are us. Remember toys are us. Pontoons are us. Check them out. It's Lou Wendell Marine Sales located in St. Albans. Lou Wendell Marine Sales.com, the premier pontoon dealer in the state of West Virginia. Text line 304-404-4083, 304-404-4083. We're open 24-7 for you. 304-404-4083. Let's jump in. Rogers in South Carolina used to live in Preston County, and he wants us to know that he found San Marzano tomato plants at the Walmart in Buford, South Carolina. He said, I did not find the Italian soil, though. Let's go Mountaineers. So, yeah, you will see the San Marzano plant, and uh, Bonnie is a huge sales company, and it comes to plants and seeds. This is the year. I mean, this is like this time of the year for Bonnie, not a sponsor of this program, but well noted. Um, this is their Super Bowl going on right now. Like anyone that's putting plants down, Walmart, Kroger sells them, and they all sell that stuff. Um, but yeah, so you're exactly right, Roger. You can find, and I mean, the, 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 let's make clarification here. You can find the San Marzano tomato. They've got the seed, but you're right. 
Exactly. You're not going to get that volcanic soil that's in that specific region of Mount Vesuvius in Italy. So, yeah, you can buy San Marzano tomatoes. I mean, we wish you the best. It's a nice meaty tomato. It's good tomato, but you're not going to have the dirt. What is it? What? The volcanic ash? Uh, what, it, what kind of tomato is it? San Marzano. What is, uh, San Marzano what? Tomato? Why would I say? Well, I thought there was like a Missouri flip in there with tomato. tomato. <laughs> I gave it a tomato. Yeah. Uh, Texter says, some of the greatest things in history started with three guys just winging it and seeing where it goes. You guys are awesome. Now, why would he ever think that we don't have this completely pre-rehearsed? I mean, we, re- we come in here, we rehearse for hours. It's like a Broadway play. <laughs> just go over all of our lines. Thank you very much for listening, whomever you may be. J.D. in the Southern Coalfields writes in, had to go to YouTube to see Jane's hot dog pie from episode 451. Honestly, it looked better than I imagined from the description. I'll just try to, uh, I'll just try about anything, including the hot dog pie, but sometimes that'll get you into trouble. Kind of like the time I ate raw squid at a sushi restaurant. The consistency of it was so bad and overwhelming, I don't even remember this taste. It was like a big ball of sticky snot in my mouth. Had to spit it out in a napkin while hoping that the sushi chef wasn't looking my way. What's the worst thing each of you have eaten? J.D. from the Southern Coalfields. Uh, wow, that's a good question. I'd forgotten about the hot dog pie. Yeah, there it is. Uh, worst thing that I've ever eaten. It's not that it's a bad thing, but it blowed me up. And that was my neighbor said, came over in summer and said, hey, uh, my dad's got a garden. And uh, here's some stuff for you. Give me a bunch of vegetables. Okay. All right. Yeah. Unsuspectingly, he had a ghost pepper in there. Excuse me? Yeah. Didn't warn you? No. Didn't have a sticker on it or anything? No no audible warning? <laughs> Nothing. And no written warning? Zero. Just threw a ghost pepper in there with stuff? So it throws a ghost pepper in there, and I put it into a, uh, put it into a salad. Now, as you well know, I... Was it in a big glass bowl? Yeah. One of those glass bowls that most people use to raise eight loaves of bread at the same time. Right. That's your just salad for lunch. That's my salad bowl. Any tuna with this or just no? No, straight straight salad. salad. So I got into that. (laughs) Wow. What a game. Killed you. What a game changer. How'd you try and fix it? You can't. I kept. Yeah. Because you you milk or something, but you probably didn't have milk in it. Didn't have any milk. You just had to gut it out. I just said, wow, that was amazing. That was amazing. So you'd never do that again? No. I Too took much. a teeny little bit of one and put it into some sauce, and it it blowed up the sauce too, just a teeny little bit, which is a pretty wild. I've never tried that. I'm, I don't think I would. No. I try not to be too adventurous Do you recall anything food. that no, you... I, I really don't because I don't save adventurousness for other areas, not, uh, mm-hmm. not food. Kind of stick to what I know. Greg in Catlettsburg writes in, considering that this year's Final Four is now done, how much would you say is unprecedented given the teams that are in UConn aside, or is this an impact of NIL portal? Should we expect to see similar outcomes in the future? What's your grade of the Big 12 performance in the tournament? Let's answer the last part because we already answered the first part. So Big 12's performance, if I'm a school teacher, Big 12 conference, you had seven teams in the tournament. Two of them advanced to the Sweet 16. You had a double-digit lead in the second half in one of those games. The other one was 
you know, right there for the taking. So you're on the cusp of two in the. Uh, really cusp of two of the Elite Eight, right? Two of the cusp, yeah. Or did Kansas State, now Kansas State got the Elite Eight. Yeah, both, they both did. You got two, two in the, eights. my bad. Yeah, both Two got on the elite. cusp of a Final Four. So I, I'm, I was thinking B plus. Uh, yeah, I, uh, B plus. maybe more. I got to go back and look at it. I, I thought a- it was minus? really good. Here, the randomness of that event, as I said earlier, is is the thing that makes it unique. And I just don't think you can put too much on this, just like bowl season. I know everybody wants to do that, but you can't put all of it on bowl season either because of matchups. Here's a a quick tweet that just came up that I think illustrates this. And you can do this about every year. But Tim Murray, who's with VSIN, tweeted this. You ready? It shows how thin the margins can be. Round one, Miami was down 55-47 to Drake with five minutes to go and no timeouts. Canes ended the game on a 16-1 run. So there was their scare. Sure. You see it all the time. But that's the scare for Miami. FAU was down 65-64 with less than 10 seconds to play, and Memphis had the ball. <laughs> yep. So FSU down one doesn't have the ball less right, than 10 something. seconds, and they win the game. Otherwise, we're not having this story. So I just I don't think you can, as much as we want to take narratives and attach them to these type of things, this is one event where you just can't. You just can't. It's a great point. That's a super great point. Yep. Texter, Scope, Spreads, and Hoppy. Hoppy here today? We haven't even looked. Oh, no, he's not. I don't even think he's at work today, let alone this show. <laughs> Boy, he's got a pretty good schedule. Good gig. My wife's family has been doing a bracket challenge for many years. She's one of three girls. And this year, they decided to open the challenge up to all of the husbands. Like many of the great fans of WV basketball, I filled my bracket out with confidence that the world champion Mountaineers will go all the way. It has it all. We crushed Maryland, nail-biter against Alabama, revenge against Baylor. The run would lead to a national title game between Texas and West Virginia. The Mountaineers would win 67-65. Needless to say, I did not win the challenge. In fact, I got last place, and I owe ice cream to the family. But I've decided to reflect on the tournament by writing a haiku. Ready? Mm-hmm. Picked the Mountaineers. They lost early. No points. Hill worth dying on. <laughs> Thank you very much. I had, a, uh, I had a bracket situation over the weekend with a family member. That lives with you? No. Oh, well, don't tell well, me it was that brother-in-law. Uh, no. Does he know the tournament started no, yet? No, I don't think so. Yeah, he wouldn't. he wouldn't even know. Was rolling along nicely in one of these bracket things I'm in. Yeah. In fact, I was in first. Looking really good. Yeah. But success on that front is much like a no-hitter. You don't talk about it. You don't acknowledge it. And you don't even look directly at it. Yeah. Got a text from a family member right before tip-off of games. Hey, you're doing great in the bracket challenge we're in. Congratulations. Done. Knew it. Knew I was cooked immediately. Responded in kind. Through a heater. Yeah. Got you. Then had to personally bring it up again yesterday. Yeah. Needless to say, I'm not in first anymore. Got it. Is there money on that thing? Mm, it might be. Good money or? Yeah. <laughs> Texter. Tony, Brad and Hoppy can weigh in, but this is personal. Oh, Uh-oh. Here comes a heater. Yeah, yeah, I'm going heater. It's Steve from Wheeling. With a sincere apology for using I instead of Y when I spelled your name. I simply thought I was honoring your Italian heritage, as you can see from above. 
Of course, I was assuming that your given name was Anthony or Antonio. Regardless, a person's name should be spelled the way that person chooses. After all, I would not want my given name or my son's to be spelled with a PH. Steve, short for Stephen, father of Stephen, both from Wheeling. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, dude. No issues at all with me, buddy. We're, we're good to go. No, I completely understand. We all have that moment. P.S. I hope my tax accountant is a fan of this show and not so easily insulted as when he emailed me a request for a needed tax document, I simply responded efforting. <laughs> Seriously, I love the show. Keep up the laugh. Sports insight rolling. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Good to see. I'll be speaking up in Wheeling uh, this week. Maybe I'll run into Steve. You might. might see him there. Texter. Tony, I heard your announcement about Big 12 New York City Connections. Is this a first step toward moving the Big 12 tournament to the Garden? Just saying. Oh, I don't know. I can't, think get, it, the, can't get the dates. I don't think you could get the date. I think it would be horrible. Again, we need to... We <laughs> What's that thing? We need to make college sports more regional than expansive. I mean, although it doesn't help West Virginia, there's some magic when Iowa State comes rolling down that interstate into Kansas City for that tournament. And the same can be said for Kansas and Kansas State and the other schools. Now, I know you're screaming at whatever it is that you're listening to this on right now. Well, that certainly doesn't help West Virginia. Yeah, I get that. But college sports is regional, despite the fact that we're the outlier in this league what makes college sports really good is the closeness. The last thing that I think this league would benefit from would be moving all those teams over to New York City. As fun as that would be, I just don't I think it's perfect where it is. Texter. Steve Coleman here. Love the show. You guys are brilliant and hilarious. I live in LaSalle, Ontario. You were talking about players in other countries not paying taxes in the US on their earnings. My understanding is that all U.S. citizens have to pay federal taxes in the U.S. No matter where they live or earn their money, keep up the good work. I can't wait for show 800. We need to, I need to look into that. But I can't ask a CPA right now because Lord knows they'll just say, it's March, we're busy. So I'll probably wait till like June, July, right? Then when I ask them then, they'll probably say, Hey, I'd love to talk to you, but we're still filing extensions. Yeah. Right? True. Good to have Canadians checking in. Yeah. I mean, I think worldwide. We'd love to have our neighbors from the north listening in. Texter, dear three guys, this is Dino in Maryland. Can the April 21st event that you're going to hold, that ticket information, be texted to me or emailed to me? So apparently he wants in. <laughs> Thank. Yeah, Dino. Um, tell you what we need to do. Can we do this? Um, this is a oh, geez. Now you're going off script. What little public meeting here? Can we announce on Thursday when the tickets go on sale? Do we know? I don't know. Efforting. Yes, Dino. I made a note. I'm going to send you an email when they go on sale. We'll find out. I'd love to be able to come back later this week. Whenever we come back on. And let you know when they're going to go on sale. Texter, hey, three guys. I finally found it at the West Virginia Brick Oven Bistro. I think it's my new favorite. Talking about Kirchival. Mm. Love listening to you guys while I'm at work, and I can't wait to hear number 800. 
Thanks again, Ryan from Upper LC. What's that mean? Logan County? Probably Logan County. Mm -hmm. Texter. Thank you, Ryan. I thought this was a perfect reference to three guys, but once again, I was reminded today that spending the winter in Florida might have cost me the chance to sample a Kerchevel. What's the latest on availability in April? Look at that sign there. Down there in Florida. (laughs) Eat, drink, and be hoppy. We need one of those. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Open daily at 11 a.m. That seems like a nice five-star retreat right there. So, yeah, there'll be Kerchevel available in April. Yes. In fact, at the event we're going to hold on the 21st of April, one of the keys is we're going to unveil for the first time cans of Kerchevel, which will open up our distribution when it goes into can mode. Right now, over 30 locations across the state are selling Kerchevel in draft form. At Chestnut Brew Works, you can get a crowler here. Yeah. But on the 21st of April, they're going to debut the 16-ounce can. Efforting right now on the labeling. Mm-hmm. But that will be done. Starting to see some prototypes of the labels yeah. look very nice. Great work. Yeah. Great work. Not just great tasting. We'll have a nice look to it as well. Yeah. Um, Texter, complaints about officiating by West Virginia. Hold on. Fa- Does that mean you can take now? That Can it cross state lines now? Uh, I'd say yes. I mean, you can buy it and go. Bring, yeah. I mean, I don't think we can ship it. No. I don't think you can ship it. And I still don't understand why that's such a big problem. Why is that a problem? Seriously. I don't know. Like I guys, I got guys that are like in the wine world, you know, and they always like, well, you can't ship to this state, can't ship to that state. They can't send it here, can't send it to West Virginia. Can't. Why is that a problem? I know I'm being like, I, I don't know. I don't have like what, I don't what know. rule. Like, why is that an issue? Because you got like a 16 year old kid <laughs> that's that's like ordering it. I know. Is that the issue? Someone knows. Someone on someone sent us a text like, why is it a big deal? Like, why can't you just, like, if you make this beer, if you make Kirch of Ale, like, why can't we just distribute it and send it? Send why can't it? somebody in Charlotte order it? Yeah. Well, why can't To say like, nothing in Madagascar. Yeah. Why can't a mountaineer in, in Charlotte or wherever say, hey, send me a case of Kirch of Ale cans? Why is that a problem? <sighs> I don't know. CL in Clarksburg writes, complaints about officiating by WV fans probably originated the day the first official stepped onto a court diamond or a field in the 19th century. I remember my father commenting on West Virginia's loss to California in the NCAA basketball championship. One of the referees was Red Mihalik, if memory serves, officiated numerous West Virginia games over the first two years of Jerry's career. According to my dad, his familiarity led to the official making a few calls against Jerry in that championship game. There's always an excuse for losing, and there always will be. Signed by C.L. in Clarksburg. I had a uh, thought when they called the foul against Creighton at the end of the game yesterday. Couple thoughts. Mm-hmm. Couple thoughts. What if that happened to West Virginia? Two. What if West Virginia was on offense? Uh huh. And they called that foul. And West Virginia went to the line and either made the one or the two, and you win the game. You know what fans would be saying? Why wouldn't you call that? Well, here, here's a, we've done that. Villanova? We've done that. And uh, 
Pat Driscoll, if he walked in right now, I'd high five, shake his hand, and go buy him a Kerchevale. <laughs> it was foul. What'd you think? I haven't talked about it. Don't ride the guy. What'd you think? I, I think you said it right there. I mean, it's your perspective shapes whether it was a foul or not, number one. Your perspective shapes whether you say, don't call that, stand in the game, don't call that. But if it's advantage, disadvantage, the not calling it, let the players decide. Well, they were deciding. The guy fouled him. He rode him on his hip, which affects the shot. If you've been in that position, you're in the air with the ball, it affects your shot. So the let it go folks at the end of the game, you're discounting that that does give one side an advantage when you're not going to call that. So I, I mean, I get both sides being pissed off about it. I totally get it because if I was on either side of that, yeah. I, w- I would be bummed out by that. But then you also, that that's the example I immediately thought of. We're sitting in Madison Square Garden watching Gansey get clubbed. That's not called by Driscoll. We are still losing our mind that they missed that call. Gansey was fouled, was he not? Yes. So whether there's point three left or not, are we getting that Mike Gansey got that call? Propelled you into the Big East Championship game. I thought Jim Spinarkle, who was serving as the analyst on the CBS broadcast, put it into the best context possible. The offensive player made a play to get by the defensive player. He made a successful play to get open. The defensive player, because he was be- got behind him, committed the foul. Why would you punish the offensive player for making a successful play to get by the defender just because it's the end of the game, I'm not going to call it because it's the end. No. That's what Guess I just what? said to you. Yeah, if, yeah, you're it's right. The end, it's the end of the game. It's advantage defense if you don't call that. Right. So those people that are saying let the players decide, well, they did. I mean, the offensive players should have the benefit. He made the play. To not call it gives it a clear advantage to one side. Yes. Yeah. That's like to me, I was kind of like, I didn't And then he said, the offensive player got by the defensive player, the defensive player had to reach out. And like you said, when you're up in the air, and Clark Kellogg said this as well, when you're in the air and someone just, it can be a finger that touches you, it impacts the shot. I know a bummed out Charles, but I just, I guess I just don't know why the defense should gain an advantage just because it's end of game. And that's what you're saying by saying don't call things at the end of the game. You're saying that that slants it and is an advantage to one side. I will be interested to see if that official goes to the Final Four this weekend. I'll be interested. Because if he does... Here's, here's the only complaint. The, the only, in my mind, the only true and logical debate you can have on it is what we often talk about with consistency with officials. They'd let a lot go during oh, the game. They're banging. So that that's the one that's that you say, oh, okay, you'd kind of let that, you'd let them be handsy all game. But that's a moment that the official, from the angle, you could see it right there. I mean, he had his hand on his back, and then he rode his hip and extended his arm with the hip. That affects the shot. You're in the air trying to hit a floater. That affects your shot. Mm-hmm. Advantage yeah. defense if you don't call it. We've had that official during the season. Our good buddy, Professor Vinny in Chicago, writes in, Dear three guys, going back to the last episode, Charlie from Midlothian's usage of Kroger fuel points before filling up and then using it for both he and his wife's car is the perfect example of gamification. There's the reward of getting cents off of a gallon of gas 
and the potential challenge of not getting caught for something that may or not be on the up and up. For those that don't know, uh, Charlie and his wife are playing uh, musical chairs with the pump. Like he takes it out of her car, jumps over to the other side, keeps pouring the gas in there, just taking advantage. He says, and I'm not quite sure that's what Kroger had in mind. Either way, game on, Charlie. <laughs> Professor Vinny. So, you know, I was thinking, do you think it's time we take Professor Vinny and, whoops, take Professor Vinny and uh, I was thinking, do you think he could make a game about three guys before the game? Like gamification with us? Create a contest of some sort? I don't know. I mean, you got like that. Is that, that what big, he does? He teaches it at a prestigious school in Illinois. And maybe he can make a three guys game. Maybe he give it to his students. Say, okay, we got three stupid guys, clowns on a podcast, right? Let's do it. Let's, let's create a game. Wouldn't that be good? Here's this is what I want you to do, Vinny. There's no question that there's some jack wagon in your class this semester who's not doing his work. I'm not even going to say it's a girl because guys are the ones that are always, right? You got some jack wagon. You're thinking about flunking this semester, and it's getting late. I mean, it's late March. And you know old Dagwood over there, he's, he's down there. You've warned him and said, dude, you do the work or you're going to fail. Tell Dagwood, give him this assignment. He's got to create a three-guys gamification game and then let us know what it is. What do you think is pretty good? Okay. I'm that way, sure. we, we get the numbskull out of failing a class. He passes, and we get a game. It's a win-win. Not a bad plan. Right? You think only one student can do that, or should it be a class project? No, I think he's got a couple knuckleheads that probably haven't been doing his, their work. Give him, a, give him a lifeline. Say, here's your last chance. I've warned you. Here's your last chance. Right? Okay. I'm in. Who knows? We might debut that on April the 21st on our big night here in Morgantown. Like that, Kerchival's beer cans aren't the only thing that might be going out that night. We might have the first three guys board game. <laughs> I don't know there'd be a board game. Do they still make board games? Uh, uh, three guys Monopoly. There had to be a digital component to it, I would think. Yeah. Okay. So um, we're going to do another one of these later this week. As I said, I got to go speak uh, to the kettle people um, up in Wheeling on uh, Thursday when we normally tape. So Senator and I need to, and Kerchival's, I don't know where he is, Barbados, Bermuda, Blacksville. I don't know exactly where he is, but uh, that's what we got going on. Okay. Anything else? Well, we will do a second one this week at some yeah. point. Hey, yeah. Taylor, anything we forgot, just yell. Oh. Oh, what? Oh. oh, yeah, that's right. Brian sent that, or someone sent that in there. I forget who it was, but that is, he just wanted me to, that's a good old-fashioned, got a nice mount on that thing. Again, fully, like if you were to buy, you go know, when you buy a vehicle and you go like, you want it loaded? You go, yeah, I want the vehicle loaded. Like that is a loaded pencil sharpener. Because of the dial? It's got a cover. It's got the dial. It's got a platform that it's on. I mean, like that's the full service pencil sharpener right there. That's a good pencil sharpener. It's amazing how many of those still exist. Yeah. You're right. For a, for a society, it's leaning less and less on the pencil. Good point. Three guys before the game again. I'm going to have an, a uh, we're going to have a live event coming up on April the 21st here in Morgantown the night before the spring game. You can also catch the TCU baseball series that weekend. We'll give you the details coming up. 
in our next show. But tickets will be like last time. They'll be same deal. Go online. Go online. You buy the ticket. Maybe a few more available. Maybe a few more available. Careful. Don't have a promise. I'll tell you who You're going to have to get in fast, I would think. Yes. Three guys before the game. Brought to us by Burdett Camping Center, the only warranty forever RV dealer in all of West Virginia. Visit them at burdettcamping.com. And right now offering you $10,000 off the Forest River Rockwood Ultralight Fifth Wheel. If you're in the market, man, check this bad boy out. It's at burdettcamping.com. Three guys brought to us by Comax Business System. Keeping West Virginia's business data safe, secure, and efficient for 25 years. If it's anything to do with your business, IT, safety, security, equipment, phone system, check them out. They're good people. ComaxWV.com. Three guys brought to us by Lou Wendell Marine Sales in St. Albans, premier pontoon dealership in the state of West Virginia. They sell family fun. They got those Avalon pontoon boats, which are just the cat's meow. And go to this website again for a chuckle. It's uh, the GoMart website that they made just for us. We didn't know about it until we opened it up today. It's uh, GoMart. Is it, It's GoMart.com. And I lost the stinking URL. What? It's, I got it. It's GoMart.com slash you're in the know. Y-O-U-R-E in the no and no is like you would spell no k-n-o-w gomart.com slash you're in the no it'll make you giggle and if you're looking to giggle it'll make you giggle and get you onto that gomart deal get yourself a uh, gomart card all right we're out our producer taylor county kennedy is out our music is almost oh there it is <laughs> he, he just spoiled his surprise he did Check that off, Taylor. Get that yeah. down. Get that down. All right. You can check us out on YouTube and wherever it is you find your fine podcast. Thanks for being with us. Three guys before the game. Over and out. See y'all. See y'all.